Hello, you lovely lot. This is a difficult conversation today. We are talking about the events over the last week. Um, it's been a very, very sad week. And we are talking about sexual harassment in varying um, um, ways. And I just wanted to put a little bit of a warning out in case that could trigger anybody. Hello, everyone. Mm. How to stay married mm. uh, in a... And we're recording it sort of in the, in the midst of an incredibly troublesome time really aren't we in terms of well it's, it's, in, it's in the aftermath of the Sarah Everard case um and it's the... very strange it's been a very strange week I think for yeah. everybody there's been so much unrest so much division so much unhappiness so much also we're all at the point where we're just missing everyone so much mm. you know and then and then you know all that went on at the vigil and it's just felt Last week, like the most endless week of misery. Yeah. Really, didn't it? Yeah, and also it's been a curious week for me because I've had a few sort of uh, dialogues with individuals who have said themselves that they feel the vigil was it was un, it was not right that the vigil for Sarah Everard, if mm. you, if you're unaware of this case abroad, this is the tragic case of a young woman, 33, who went missing on a road in Clapham at 9:30 and was subsequently discovered uh, murdered uh, in Woodland in Kent. Uh, they've arrested the guy that they believe did it, who police happened officer. to be a bloody police officer, a serving police officer. Um, and it's resonated throughout, really, everyone's lives here. Um, less about the fact that, as I've said in many of our kind of, you know, live coffee moaning chats and what have you, less about the fact that necessarily, you know, this happens any more often, this kind of thing. This is extraordinarily rare, this mm. in type mm. of incident. Um, but it's kicked up a lot of debate about how safe women are on the streets. Mm. There's the reclaim the streets hashtag. There's been vigils uh, to, to mem memorialize Sarah Everard. And there's been a lot of very sort of passionate people sort of saying this is just wrong and that they shouldn't have gathered. And, and I think that fails to acknowledge that sometimes as humans, we feel things. We simply feel things. Mm. And I think in a time where we have all been had this enforced separation, I think women especially have felt a real need to connect and unite over this. Mm. Would you agree? Because I think also women are far more of a, you know, generally, I think that the social contingent between women is so much more meaningful and, and everyone's lost that for the last year. Exactly. And we've, we've all been missing it so much. Yeah. We're all feeling it so keenly. And I think this week um, it has kicked up so many memories, terrible memories for women. I mean, yeah. all my female friends I've had chats with, you know, at Loose Women, we spent almost an entire day yeah. remembering all the things that have happened to us. Yeah. And we were horrified at the things that we'd forgotten. The things, because a lot of us have known each other for over the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, what about that time when that happened with that guy when you were putting your key in the door? And da, 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 da. And I think the absolute, yeah, pull that you, that, that so many of us felt um, to just be together and to just, say how we felt yeah. in a silent way. It's a bit terrible. And also for, for you. I mean, I've seen you as a as a husband, as a father, be, you know, you've been in a terrible state. Well, it's been We've a had really some very challenging upsetting time. times with our daughters, yeah. which actually we're going to go into more detail in our Confessions uh, yeah, of a them. Modern Parent podcast. But we thought, and something that's really upset me over the last week is my sense that some people have taken offence 
at the kind of conversations that have been going on. Yes. A lot of people are saying, not not just men, in fact, a lot of women's voices have been know. very loud on this. It's men hating, it's men bashing, you've mm. insulted my father, my brother, my son. Mm. And, you know, I, I think for me, the most, um, the line that sums it up best as a woman for me is, not all men are rapists, but we don't know which ones are. Quite. I mean, the, the and phrase... And as a parent, yeah. exactly the same. I mean... and, and we have discussed this a lot, haven't we, that what needs to happen is men have to be part of the solution. They yeah. have to be part, part of the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that I've picked up an awful lot, which I, I've gone to great lengths to try and sort of um, explain, a lot of people feel what they call an individual indignation. Mm-hmm. And the individual indignation comes from a lot of men who feel that they're not that type of man, quite rightly. Therefore, why should their sort of human rights, in a sense, be curtailed for someone else when they have no intention? They're not that sort of person. And there are lots of parents of sons saying, well, that's not my son or that's not my husband. And there's an indignation that creeps in. And I think the most incri- critically important part of what you just said there was a phrase that was knocking around when I was, you know, a, a, a toddler in the 70s. Um, and there used to be a phrase that all men... And I think part of the extreme ardent feminist movement, it used to be all men are rapists. And Full stop. Yeah. And potential. I, and, that, and that really distressed me as a child. And was then, it without the potential yes, then? Yeah. It was just that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain awful. it was because I remember being quite distressed by this idea as yeah, a young boy growing up in this been. environment. I was thinking, well, I know I, 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 that's not me. That's awful. not how I feel. And then, of course, the, the phrase all men are potential rapists. And then I think you have to really, you're stressing the potential there. This, no one needs to take that personally. The, you know, by saying all men are potential rapists, it's recognising that we all have the capacity to murder. We all have the capacity to do bad things. It certainly doesn't mean we're all I, going I, to. I still don't like that sentence. I, I would find that a very uncomfortable sense, sentence Which? man. Because it suggests that any man could lose himself and become a rapist. Any man yeah. could put his... Prote- I, and that's why yeah, I But they're not saying prefer... it's potential of me. They're saying it's potential of, to them. of other men. But you can see why that's open yeah, to being yeah. taken the wrong way, where I think it's very clear not all men are rapists. It's just we don't know which ones are. Absolutely. And we don't know which ones aren't. Yeah. So you could be walking behind me mm. and be a perfectly nice chap Oh, who then picks up speed a bit because he's late to get home to look after the baby. Yeah. I don't know. For yeah. me, you could be a rapist that's just about to put your arm around my neck exactly. and drag me off. Well, we, I, I thought it would be really important for us to have a conversation about the experiences you've had. And I think this could possibly be something, why we're doing it for How to Stay Married. I think it's the kind of conversation more couples should have where only really by husbands, partners, sons even, asking their sisters or asking their mums or asking their aunts or even asking their grandparents, what did you encounter in your life that made you feel uncomfortable or unsafe? And, and, and what do you have to do in your daily life, day in, day yeah, out, yeah. to make sure, to try yeah. and make sure that you that you are safe? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a daily thing. It's yeah. a hum in the back of our minds all the time. Yeah. You know... You know, will I walk down this lane? Will I go into the car park? What kind of cab shall I call? Who shall I call on the way home in the cab? Who shall I tell that I'm leaving now and I'm arriving somewhere later? I mean, it is, it's a kind of insanity oh. that we've just accepted. No, I this agree. This is the way that we live. And because we're so, Nothing we're is, so indoctrinated. Nobody is shocked anymore. No, no one is shocked when another woman says to another woman, oh, this happened to me, yes. that happened to me, that. And it, it, people just nod because yeah. it's just so normal. Because people say, well, there isn't a self-inflicted curfew. Women go out and do what they there want is. at certain times, but there is. I mean, the curfew might not be 
strictly adhered to or implemented legally, but all women are enacting their own personal curfew systems, control systems Absolutely. to negotiate moving through their day-to-day -day life. Whether it be, this isn't just about walking down dark alleyways. This is about standard daily activities, catching buses, getting on tubes, being in the office. Yeah, any time of day or night. So when people are questioning why um, poor Sarah was walking home at nine o'clock, yeah. you know, I mean, how dare they? Yeah, it's a, we know the road. How it's a busy they? road. It was it was 9.30. She was doing the right thing. She was on the phone to her boyfriend shortly before. Wearing it. bright colours. No, there were buses going by. There's actually a police station on the corner of Poinders Road where she actually yeah. where she actually went missing. Yeah. There's a police station. I mean, the thing is, even then when you just said she's doing the right thing, you know, what actually you mean by that was she was doing everything not to get attacked and raped. Precisely. That's... That's that's the thing. It's yeah. like we were watching something the other day, and this 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 chap was saying women work really really hard not to get, to get raped. raped. Exactly. And uh, honestly, I can't stop thinking about that line. Yeah. Because it's so true. Like, I won't go out at night, not because it will be my fault if I get attacked, but because I get very very scared. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I get scared in broad daylight. Yeah. It's not just the dark. Well, it's I, not just I mean, the dark. going into some of these, I, I'm just going to use one example that, that, that is really stark for me, and I want to use this example. So we went out like everyone, or not everyone did actually, uh, like many people did, uh, to commemorate uh, Sarah Everard with a lit candle in the street. Uh, and in so doing, we stood on a street where we know there have been incidents on the street. And as we were going out to light the candles, I was actually nervous about what could happen. What could happen? Mm. Literally, what could happen? Given what what we've gone through locally, mm. and I thought it, it it was like a moment of crystallization that the very act of commemorating a woman who has died on our streets and to commemorate this sort of movement, if you like, of reclaiming our streets, we had we, to, never we had, had to think twenty times about whether it was safe to stand in our yeah. drive. And we never had the streets to reclaim. We've no. never been safe on yeah. the streets. Not since yeah. the beginning. It shouldn't be reclaimed. It should be claimed. Not since the beginning of time, man and woman, have we been safe on yeah. the streets. Yeah. So that for me was just in, in that moment where we were commemorating the very thing, we were aware of a vulnerability that was there right then, then and there. It was, it was ridiculous. And, and, it, and it was truly disturbing. We came in here and, and we all sobbed. We all absolutely sobbed because of all those and because of that feeling of fear, even standing out on our own street to commemorate such yeah. a terrible, terrible thing. We knew we were, we're always in potential, potentially yeah. in danger, yeah. always. You wait at a bus stop, you know, things that shout at you. You get on a bus, somebody rubs up against you, you go on the tube, somebody's yeah. pushing. You know, I mean, it's just all the time, yeah. it's, isn't it? It's, it's just, shocking. there's danger everywhere. Now, People need to stop getting so hung up about what time of day it was. Oh my God, there's no time of day. It's not about time of day. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. Um, the worst things I've seen have happened in the morning uh, at a weekend. You do, do you? <laughs> you know, um, okay, so... I know, for, for for instance, on a low-level basis, when you consider going to do your couch to 5K run in the neighbourhood, you get really concerned. You dress down for it. You cover mm. yourself up for it. This isn't about you being off the telly. Mm. This is about covering yourself up. Because, Go to our girls. They yeah. try and dress to look like 15-year-old boys. Yeah, and they like because to Because otherwise, run. they will get 
catcalled. They will get a horrible thing. Even if I'm out with them, I see what happened. And that, and it was the same for me when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was the same. Yeah. So what sort of acute, when you think about this, in what ways is your life impinged or curtailed? Or in what ways do you feel curfewed in terms of being a woman in a masculine world? Well, maybe a good idea would be to think about when I first started to feel like yeah. that. And I, what makes me sad is I can't remember a time where I didn't feel there was danger. Right. Because right from a small child, there were things that, there were incidents that happened at swimming pool, at hotel. Uh, something happened to my older sister at a hotel. Um, and I was very young and I remember there being a lot of kerfuffle. This guy had put his hand up her skirt. Oh, and God. so, uh, I mean, that's all that he did, but yeah. it was, that, but enough. that is because people go, Oh, what? Just hand up. The skirt. No, no, no. That's horrific. I always say to the girls, one person can touch you like this and it can feel good. Another person can touch you like this and every fiber of your being can, can feel the danger. That's exactly and what's that is your instinct telling you that there is something very wrong and, and that's, that's okay to feel that. <laughs> but what you're saying is really, really topical because that's precisely at the heart of the case of Cuomo, the governor of New York. Yeah. It's about he was touching people's yeah. faces and kissing them. And he was saying, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's how I greet for people. For you. Yeah, for you, exactly. Mm. For you. No, that's a really good point. So you, you can't remember a time. I mean, it's weird. I can't remember. I suppose I think... I suppose, you see, I got boobs. I, I had my period very young at nine. And then I got boobs at ten. So I was a target every single time I went out. Every single day in my school and I'd get a bigger blazer or I would try and walk I mean, I would try and walk in a certain way so my boobs I mean I had really big boobs I mean right. they, 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 they unbelievably they've decreased but I had really big boobs so I was aware at a very young age that this something happened with men and I didn't understand what it was at all yeah and it was attention and some of them seemed very happy when they gave that attention and it would be like, oh, that's way up. You know, you know, we don't get so much of that these days. But it kind of like, it didn't seem like they were being horrible. It kind of seemed like they were being nice, but somehow I didn't like it and I didn't know whether it was okay to not like right, it. Yeah. That was kind of the initial thought process when at, your, at that age. Um, then, you know, you could get the aggressive and it, it hurts me when I hear our girls say they get, you know, the aggressive. <coughs> I'd like to dot 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 and so it starts to increase so then you get more nervous um my my I think the the first time I had my a really terrifying experience was when I was on a bus um on the way home from school and a guy was just staring at me he was just looking at me and I remember feeling absolutely petrified and then I got off the bus and it was all right, but I didn't really like it. And the next day he was on the bus again. And this time he wasn't looking at me the same way. And I thought, oh, maybe I was imagining, maybe it was me. Right. Maybe there was something wrong with me. Anyway, long story short, he gets off the bus and he follows me from oh Crown God. Point. And he was getting closer and I started to run. Right, so this is about four o'clock in the afternoon. So then he pushes, gets hold of me and pushes me up against the fence. You know, the school down the road, St. Mm. Joseph's. 
And at that point, I can't breathe. I just lost all ability to breathe. And this is why I feel so passionately that at school they should teach all girls yeah. and boys, because boys are at risk in different ways, self-defense. Because what happens is if you've had no training, you just go into panic and you can't breathe. Yeah. I, I push away from him. I run and I really run. And at that point, I was quite a good runner. Mm. And I ran all the way to uh, the hill here. So what is that? I don't know. Five, a five minute walk. Mm -hmm. like that. So I run. I run to there, and then I'm I'm nearly home. I'm forty steps from getting home, and I'm at the top of the hill. And he got me, and he dragged me down the hill. Oh my god! Oh sweetheart. Sorry. And then. Um, and then, you know, it was a kerfuffle and he put his hand up my skirt and um, I, somebody came or something happened. Say, it's all very sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a long time ago, about 10. <laughs> um, and um, I, I, I ran into the house and I was like hysterical and my mum was like petrified. Now, this is a really interesting thing. My dad went grey-faced. Right. I'll never forget that look on my dad's face right. as I was hysterical and saying, this has happened and that's happened. And then he grabbed me and he went around and I got away, you know. And my dad went grey-faced and my dad started asking me all these questions. And I immediately felt like I'd done something wrong. Right. Now, I absolutely know now that my dad was just petrified. Yeah. My dad was horrified. He yeah. was mortified. To get as and much he wanted to, yes, and he wanted to get information. But I, this is what people have got to understand. You feel ashamed when these things happen because you feel like, what did I do that made this guy do this? What did I do as a young child? You know, what have I done? And then over the next few days, my dad, you know, in my dad's life, you know what I was thinking, you know, Nadia? Sometimes when you walk along the road, you smile. You have a very open, friendly face. Maybe be angry. Mm. Be angry. If somebody comes and they ask you the time, you say, what do you want the time for? <laughs> and I remember as a young... And yeah, this yeah. is my dad being very protective. But I remember as a young person being so confused by this. Mm. It's like, what does that mean? And I didn't know how to do that. Anyway, I started to change the way that I walk. And I started to look down right. and to like walk very fast and all these things. <clears throat> which I will still do now if I'm on my own. I'll still yeah. do now for however many years later, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. Um, so that was my first terrifying experience. Wow. Jesus, that is terrifying. But, really terrifying. but, but this, the problem is when women talk to each other and tell each other these stories, we all know it's just one of many. Mm. I mean, we were talking the other day about this and Stacey was saying how she's never had a single thing happened to her that she was uncomfortable with or anything and we were just all fascinated all the other women all the producers on our team the researchers we, we and apparently because 97 percent of women have had some some form i believe genuinely that culturally and socially and societally we have all it's been this way for so so long well since time immemorial since the history of man began uh, women have been the you know positioned in a place that's subservient to men. And I genuinely believe that we're in a situation that's a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome, where I think people, I think some women will accept certain types of behaviour towards them or tolerate certain types of behaviour towards them and not see them 
as an example of male control or male privilege or whatever you want to call it. Um, because it's just what is. The, the, benchmark, like, yeah. the, the, the mm. benchmark on normality for different people is at different levels. So, for instance, it's why so many people who are actually abused don't realise it until much older in their life that it actually happened to them. Yeah, because they become normalised. So yeah, much yeah, of the behaviour has become normalised. You know, like me as a child, not knowing whether it was a good thing because this was attention when men were, you know, shouting yeah. at a 10, 11-year-old girl in a school uniform, oh, you're lovely, aren't you? Don't get many of them to the pound. All that sort of jolly JP stuff. Yeah. It was just, just very confusing because it seemed jolly. Mm. But that, you know, And you are finding out your own sexuality and you're finding out what the power is with men, yes. the male and female you know, and then you start to respond to something, but you don't really know what it was, but the whole what it is. The whole thing becomes intensely complicated and made difficult by the fact that men and women, and obviously we're talking predominantly about a heterosexual sort of contingent here, only because we are heterosexual. And, and, and I think that's that's the onus of, of the story here, though it does obviously happen in all other uh, minority sexuality groups too, oppression and prejudice and, and maltreatment and abuse. Um, but where it gets really complicated is where young women, I guess, you or women are told, there was a curious meme floating around, I think Izzy and Maddie posted it somewhere, about be sexy, but stay secure. So there's that really conflicting balance mm. between, oh, what's fine attention? What's flirtatious mm. attention? And where is it not like that? And the I think signals that, are so mixed. And when you're young and you're trying yeah. to find your power as a woman, I, I, I always, I mean, if you go back probably to the early days of Loose Women, I probably was a staunch defender of the beep, 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 and the hello, darling, the wolf, the whistle. The wolf whistle. I was probably, I probably defended I think it. I might have seen you say that it's harmless. Yeah, I don't believe that anymore. I no, really don't no, believe no, sure that don't. anymore. And I think, but so many women get very cross when you say that. And I think it's because we have had so many mixed signals. We don't actually, because well, there is, because there's always, because there's often um, a feeling of, of, you know, that kind of attention can be a positive thing. It's right. like, oh, I look good today. Oh, I'm sexy today. I would, I'm I would argue, but today. I would argue that's a form of social gaslighting. And, I, and I, whenever yeah. I hear, whenever I hear someone, I and there's lots of people in the media, I, it's I, often I middle class, quite privileged women who say it. Oh, it's harmless. I find it's quite nice when you think that. Actually, it, it, you might find it quite nice, but that's particular to you. I think it's a form of gaslighting. It's telling you that this behaviour is all right. And I think if we can accept that gaslighting is a thing, then I think so, so, social gaslighting is, what, is what's happened in gender politics. Um, you know, I find it, I, I think one of the most telling parts of the hashtag reclaim the streets is the streets. I think, you know, there is obviously a much greyer area around flirtation, attraction, uh, and, and coming togetherness between the opposite sexes. But it doesn't, it shouldn't be happening on the street. And that's my point. There is a cutoff point. There should be none of that on the street. We're not on a, it's not a catwalk. It's not a, it's not a place where we're going to preen ourselves and, and it's just not on. And I think that's why for me in a weird way, I like that tag, reclaim the streets or claim the streets, as you say, you never yeah, had them in the, the first place. First time. Yeah, because you know, you might go clubbing or something. Now, the thing about all of this is in every, every category of place, there have to be new boundaries. So like clubbing, for example, you know, lots of people go out clubbing to flirt and meet people. 
And if, if you start to unpack the layers of when attention is unwanted attention and when attention should start or when flirtation does start or when, you know, you have people meeting, meeting clubs, people, you know, what it's very, very difficult. And I think... It is, it's very difficult. But I think it's really important for us in this conversation to have the conversation of what, what part do you think as a husband, as a man, as a father, men need to play in this change? If there is going to be change... What is your role in it? Well, I think to be as outspoken as you can be in as many ways as you can. I think men have to... Would you challenge if you were with a group of men and they and you're having a really lovely evening yeah. and you're having a great time well, and I've then it gets to that dodgy place yeah. in the way that they talk about other women? I've, I've would been, you challenge it? I've been in situations where, you know, you've been in, you know, you've been in a, a pub or a bar or whatever, and we're talking many years ago now, 16 years ago plus, uh, and you will be with a group of men and you're not necessarily being in any way untoward to anyone, but the sensibility of the group can shift. I think it's incredibly difficult for men to, being in that group, say something meaningful to change the direction of that group. I'm not talking about mm -hmm. like a group of rapists. I'm talking about a group of men who are out for a good time. Everyone's gone out. A lot of mm -hmm. there's groups of women have gone out there. Sort of lots of mm -hmm. eyes are looking at each other across mm -hmm. bars and what have you. I think there's a difference though between being a group of men who's gone out and you're flirting with people in another group and you're all flirting. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah, and, 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 totally and, and it's reciprocated. It's where there's a line. It's, it's, it's when where the, the line is yeah, crossed. When the lines. I, I think I've been lucky enough to not in social situations be in a group where anyone has felt oppressed by the group that I'm in. Mm. But, well, if somebody was, what but, would you do? But, well, but in the workplace, I've often worked with people who have been entirely inappropriate and have been entirely um, mm. overbearing in their manner in terms of what they talk about and how they behave. And in those instances, it's been difficult because usually, difficult. usually I was in a boss situation. So I mean, I, I remember your discomfort. Obviously, I know the situation that you're talking about that went on for months when you yes. were working with two people yeah. who you knew both of their partners yeah. and the constant, oh. constant yeah. references and yeah. films being brought out on, yeah. on porn, like horrible. And so, porn. what I would do in those instances, I would always it's challenge so them and say, "But the thing is." I challenge them in terms of this is inappropriate behaviour. At work. At work. Mm. Um, but there is a... Re when you're yeah. faced with that behaviour in mm. another man, you're hard pushed to be able to, I think, make much change at that late stage in their life. They are what they are. You're not going to reform a character who's into certain things and certain behaviour and certain attitudes to women. You're not going to reform them in a mm. in a HR meeting upstairs. Mm. Uh, I think it's just they're just not going to let you know that, that that they do it, and that's what happened. It just circumnavigated around me that behaviour. Yeah, you didn't change. You didn't change yeah. at all. What about if you're in a car with a friend and your car, and your friend says something really salacious about? I've always said, well, if I mean, if they say it again, it hasn't happened that often. Usually because I'm the boss. No, but always... what do you think if if it did? Yeah, well, I think you, after all this week and after all the conversations that we've had, do you think you might? Because I think it's really, really hard. To, I would challenge. To challenge I think, I think that the point. I think every man's ambition needs to be is to challenge it in every other man they encounter it in. It, it has to be. I think. I you, think. I think it's okay that men don't actually realise. 
how awful it feels. Yeah. I think it's okay that they don't know, but I think they have to be open to hearing and I think they need to ask the questions. Well, the thing... Like, what do you have to do to try really hard not to be raped? Well, do you really want to know? This is what I have to do. X, Y, Z, you know, going out. For instance, just through lockdown, when you've wanted to, when you've just felt overwhelmed with being in, you go, I'm going for a walk. I look at you like yeah. you've stepped off the moon. No, I know. You're just going to get up. At 10 yeah. o'clock yeah. and go out for a walk. Yeah. It's 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 so ludicrous, the idea to me. Um, I would love nothing more in my life to stand on a beach on my own at night and just feel the mm, wind mm. and hear the waves. Mm. I would love that so much. I will go to my grave never having done that because yeah. I would always be fearful of what could happen to me. So that means that whenever I'm out, I have to keep in the back of my head. And I know not all women are like this. I've mm. got friends that, that push through the fear or, or some that aren't even afraid, but I am. But they still push through a fear. It's my, it's my bloody life. And nobody can tell me, yeah. well, that's not the case. But they still push through a fear. Well is, huh? But they're still pushing through a fear. I mean, just that there is, the, there's the lesson. They might well, do it, but they're yeah, pushing through on, a fear. On Loose Women, I said to Kay the other day, I said, you, you're one of my fearless friends yeah. you'll go down at nine o'clock to the corner shop and get a pint of milk and she said ah oh, maybe i just refuse to to fold to it mm. and i thought well that's the difference I, i'm just not brave enough to do one that. of the most common lines i've always used with men where i've been in a scenario or a situation where and i i mean i've been in situations where i've got into fights in pubs when i've broken up men being literally abusive to their girlfriends but that we're not necessarily talking about that and 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 that was shocking and extra you know so i, I you know you I think if you become a self-appointed freedom fighter in amongst men, yeah. you will be silenced and marginalised yeah. within seconds. Yeah. Within seconds. You have to do it by stealth. I think it has to come with education. It has to come with boys. It has to come with, you know, a lot of the stuff that my mum imbued me with has stuck with me through mm -hmm. my life. Now, a lot of that stuff hasn't been easy to process as a heterosexual man. I've had to, there's all sorts of things that I've done in my life, I've been in my life that I think, oh my God, has challenged the way I am and who I am and, and how, I, how I conduct myself as a man. But the one thing I've always used as a line and I started using towards the end of that behavior that we're talking about in the workplace was everyone, when, when say they point at someone and say something literally in the car, I'd be like, you do realize she's younger than my eldest daughter. Mm. And that, that always cut that always cut the atmosphere like mm. a like a knife. There would be like a, a moment of because what I was trying to do there, not not because they necessarily even knew my daughter, but I was using the sanctity of a relationship that I have with a child, mm. my child, and to try to humiliate well, them. Well, and to, to make well, them, but maybe all, to just break through. Well, and no, to break through and make this the could be your sister, yeah, this could your be your daughter, daughter. Your... yeah, especially your daughter. Mm. And like you know, I remember someone saying to me, "So what are you seriously saying? You don't find young?" I said, "Well." I'm, I'm very unusual. I don't find any woman attractive under the age of my eldest daughter. It literally doesn't work for me. I don't think like that. It's it's like I'm a man of this age and I'm a man of this age. My my horizons are different. The, we've talked about it in other scenarios and I'm sure we'll talk about it in Confessions of a Modern Parent. But my biggest intolerance and my biggest sadness is men of my age, 30 and upwards, who behave in the way they do towards Young women, it doesn't matter what age the women are, but there's something quite bizarre that we have a society in which men of my age see fit 
to shout what they shouted at all my daughters from the front of vans. Mm. Now, in that well, instance... Well, not just vans, every, well, no, every no, no, no. single In, in so many different scenarios. I mean, every I'm just using the scenarios situation. that I know of. But, I mean, it's very challenging because what does one do? Does one go out in a sort of vigilante method of trying to kind of confront everything? You will end up incredibly hurt as a man, as a man. You know, apparently there's this, and we'll talk again more about this in Confessions of a Modern Parent, but apparently... It's quite a thing that, that girls will say when when one girl's had a situation with a boy and the girl will explain that to the group of girls and they say, oh, yeah, he's a bit rapey. Yeah. A bit really? rapey is actually terminology. Yeah. Yeah. A bit rapey. It's just it's just short. I mean, one thing I genuinely believe can be done, and we're, we're getting to the end of this chat now, is we have to factor into citizenship at school, teaching at school, there has to be a huge contingent yeah. on treatment of the opposite sex, of treatment yeah. of women and, and gender politics and sexual politics and behaviour. And, and it has to be boys and girls together yes. in a mixed school. I think yeah. dividing them up for a separate conversation is not good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I, I, I think we... You know what I think we have to start doing? Because I have no hope. That's my thing. I just... I find it really difficult to believe that there can be change. Yeah. And I've been, that's the conversation I've been having a lot in my own head this week, having daughters and stuff. That if I don't believe in it, how can it come? But I feel beaten down by it, by all the stories I've heard through all my life with my friends, of my, the many stories of myself and mm. my daughters and my... And I just, and I just, I feel hopeless, Mark. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's what I've got to work on. I don't believe this change. It breaks my heart when I hear reclaim the streets and I know we never had them. Well, it's like, what does it all mean? Where is it all yeah, going to go? Everyone's go? standing up angry now. Twitter's going crazy. Instagram's yeah. going crazy. Politicians are coming out. What is actually going to happen? And what are we going to do yeah. as, as, a, as, as, a, as a country... What are we going to do to change There has it? to be... Well, this is where Boris Johnson has to take the lead. There has to be direct and specific... Um, a, a direct and specific inquiry, in a sense, social inquiry into what we can do better, and it needs to happen oh fast. God, because so my heart drops when I hear inquiry. Well, no, 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 no. Because because it's it. only through that that you'll be able to adjust the, the national career. It's about education. It's only can only start education. And it has I mean, to my be analogy, school because in yeah. those families where those families yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. can't or don't want to, we can have a huge gap. Yeah, and my analogy is is that it's really hard to target and educate from the the top of the tree, you know, where you've grown old and you've become very. It's very hard to target at the top. You're going to get limited returns on the top. It doesn't mean you don't, and it doesn't mean you don't, you know, you perhaps institute laws that mean that certain things can't happen, like curb crawling, um, and and wolf whistling, and and you know, I mean, a lot of curb crawling can include a van or a car pulling up at the traffic lights and just leering and talking to women. It's an incredibly threatening thing, and so curb crawling could be that. And if How's women can. How do we protect against that? We talk again about Zoe, one of our followers on YouTube, who told that story. It's really resonated with me that she was running around clapping corner. A man stood in front of her and just hung his tongue out of his mouth. Yeah. I literally... That, when it, when that makes to the, my I don't know. blood boil. And yeah. yet lots of people go... Yeah. Well, it's I, the day in, day out stuff that women have to put up with on the streets that is so low level... Uh, people would say, but I think it's the building blocks of everything that, that, that it can become. How are we going to change that? Well, the other thing that has to happen as well, and I, I, I am saying this because I've heard it said so many times by women I respect. Women, older women and women who've been through this for years have to stop saying it's the way it's always been. It defeats people. 
it takes the onus out of, it takes the purpose out of change. When older women go, well, it's always been like that. What they're saying in the well, not that always it's always been like that, is, well, sorry, love. Now, that's not to say that isn't true what they're saying, but it, it's sense and the tone and the spirit of that comment is to say it's never going to change. I think if you remove the I prospect of change, well, if you remove the prospect for change, it has to keep being going on about. It has to keep being talked about. It needs fathers and it needs it's sons. Like you were saying the other day, you know, this is 52%. Husbands to get real. This is 52% of the population. Yeah, it's not even a minority. Our voice is not, we, 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 we shouldn't be heard. Yeah. People find, it's because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why, the, well, it, it, it that's is. what the problem is here. Because, and I go back to it, it's because at the heart of it, it also starts to go close towards what it is that works between men and women too. Mm, you know, there's yeah. the point of attraction. When is the point of unwanted attraction and wanted attraction? Where is that point? How do you Which define... is what I was trying to articulate. I don't think I did it very well when I was young and it was all starting. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was a part of it. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah. good. Yeah. People think I'm attractive. Absolutely. Do Absolutely. I play up to this? Absolutely. Very, very difficult. It's so fucking complicated. We will come back to this. We have literally scratched the top of the iceberg. What have we scratched the top of? What do you scratch the top of? Surface. Scratch the top of the surface. No, scratch the surface. We've only Why scratched the surface. Why do you keep the saying surface. the top Because I need to go up an iceberg. Anyway, guys, tell us your thoughts. What do you um, think? Yeah. Yeah. Are you all right, babe? Yeah.